1: Well, I'd like to say it's nice to be back in Wisconsin, but with like six inches of snow. Yeah, we were welcomed home by Mother Nature. <laughs> yeah, in the, with a huge storm. Right. The past sixteen hours have been ugly here in Madison. Uh, it was nicer before we left. It At was. the beginning of March, it was like sixty-five degrees or something like that. Anyway, I, while I love Wisconsin,
0: um, coming back to the snow was kind of a downer. <laughs> You know, that I was shocked by the um, temperature, actually. It wasn't even that cold, like it wasn't below freezing, but it felt so much colder. It's like my body recalibrated itself while we were down in the yeah. nice warm
1: weather. <laughs> it recalibrated for summer, and now summer's over. Woo. Uh, yeah, so we're back. But, and that's okay, but for those of you who haven't been paying attention to the last couple of episodes, Wendy and I went on a music and paranormal tour- over the past week and a half, we started in Cincinnati, told some ghost stories, and played some songs inspired by the topics we talk about on the podcast in Cincinnati. Then we went out on to Nashville, baby.
0: Oh, yeah, baby.
1: And uh, <laughs> had fun playing on Broadway, <laughs> met some characters, had a good time. So Nashville, and then New Orleans, which is full of haunted history.
0: That was so cool. Yeah. Galveston. I haven't been there in a long time.
1: Yeah. And Galveston, which was a lot of fun. And then San Antonio, Texas. That's right. Which we had some fun uh, fun times on St. Patrick's Day. And then we ended it with a couple of shows in Austin, Texas during South by Southwest. And uh, that was a marvelous time because it's just packed interesting people and lots of lots of bats.
0: And then we had a a super downer drive home on my birthday. (laughs) That's right. Which, you know, the ride home always tends to be a downer, at least, I mean... It does. Because you're coming off of all the excitement of all the shows and seeing so many friends and family. And and then it's just like, oh, yeah, we're going back to a snowstorm. And <laughs> right. So, <laughs> But there's plenty of exciting things happening here, so right I shouldn't be depressed about it. So it was a super fun tour. Uh, the name of our band is
1: Sunspot, in case you guys haven't heard it That's yet. That's right. So we also, on this tour, we released an EP of brand new music. And the name of that EP is American Monsters. Rawr. And so, right, by the time that this podcast goes up, uh, you'll be able to download that EP at
0: sunspotuniverse.com. Correct. Always like to give away our newest stuff because we're proud of it. And we want people to hear it. And We know as soon as you hear it, you're going to want to come for the rest of it.
1: And especially because <laughs> the, these are songs inspired by the things we talk about on the See You on the Other Side podcast. And um, they're fun, catchy rock songs about weird things, and uh, we love to we love to sing them for you. And so, American Monsters is, and you get that at SunspotUniverse dot com if you are in Wisconsin. April second, the day after the topic of today's podcast, April Fool's Day. F- you can check us out in Madison at the Red Zone. We'll be releasing them, and uh, the CDs will be free.
0: Free? Not did all? You say free.
1: I did say free, Free as in beer. Oh they, my goodness! Yeah. And uh, they will be free at the Red Zone in Madison on April second. So I know we have a lot of Wisconsin listeners. And uh, get your butt down to the Red Zone and party with us.
0: Yes, can't wait. That's going to be so fun.
1: Lent is over, so you can let it all out. Oh, oh. I gave I gave up sobriety <laughs> for Lent this year. Oh, you. Well, I did because the first half, of the first part of the year, like January and stuff, I was really, um, I was really a teetotaler. Like I was working out and you were you were right, healthy living healthy living, not drinking beer and anything. And then, like, uh, I went on vacation and that was in the middle of, <laughs> the end. that, well, that was, I went on vacation during Fat Tuesday because Easter's so early this year. Fat Tuesday and Ash Wednesday are really early this year, the beginning of Lent. So the beginning of Lent was kind of like the beginning of my party period. <laughs> so I had like opposites day. But I know for everybody that celebrated Lent and sacrificed something, uh, now it is time to celebrate and let it all hang out at the Red Zone. But anyway, sunspotuniverse.com is where you can check out the music of our band, Sunspot, and we sing about the weird lives we lead, and we I think you'll enjoy it. Yes. Uh, actually, real quick, that the songs on the EP, uh, they have episodes associated with them, too. American Monsters is associated with our interview with Linda Godfrey, the author, and the woman behind The Beast of Bray Road. Oh, yes. Seeing is Believing is the episode Silver Screen Saucers with UK author Robbie Graham and Push is based on the conversation we had with Dr. Luis Monero about out-of-body experiences. So it's kind of rock and roll versions of those episodes that you can check out. Anyway,
0: sunspotuniverse.com. This is enough of the shameless promotion. We'll, sh- yes. we'll shamelessly promote well, more at the end. It is shameless promotion, but it is stuff that we worked really hard on, and we're very proud of it, and we're just excited to get it out there. So yeah, I don't mind talking about it. No, and I don't mind you guys listening to it. So go
1: ahead and check it out. <laughs> okay, Wendy, Wendy, we got a zombie update.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa.
1: Oh, yes. Zombies are all the rage right now because we, it's almost, there's only three more episodes of The Walking Dead this season and it's gotten extremely intense. Mm. Now, I I keep up with The Walking Dead and I still cannot believe there is a zombie apocalypse television show. I mean, I can't believe period there's a zombie apocalypse television show. And also eight-year-old Mike cannot believe that it's the most popular show on television.
0: That's pretty amazing. Yeah,
1: that is pretty amazing. Uh, They're going to make a spinoff next year, Dancing with the Zombies. Where you, you (laughs) like, no, it's like dancers have to avoid getting eaten. That's not our zombie update. Our zombie update (laughs) is okay. So remember that we did the zombie apocalypse episode last May. I remember. Okay. And we talked about this certain kind of parasite that lives inside cats. This parasite uh, wants to get inside cats bellies. Like that's where it lives. So if, if, if you're a mouse and you have this parasite, it makes you do stupid things like jump at a cat because it wants to get eaten. Toxoplasmosis Gandhi. Not, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. And not Gandhi like the, um, the great spiritual leader of India. Right. Uh, Gandhi like G-O-N-D-I-I. Toxo, Toxoplas- I should have said Toxoplasmosis Gandhi. No relation. Um, nice. <laughs> anyway. So, okay. So, um, a new study. and I got this from a Gizmodo uh, article yesterday, published in the Journal of Clinical Psychiatry. A new study uh, by Emil Kokoro, a professor of psychiatry at the University of Chicago. Uh, he's been <laughs> he's been studying people uh, with this thing called intermittent explosive disorder. Oh gosh, I know some people who have that. Right. <laughs> well, I'd never heard of it before.
3: I <laughs>
0: right. No, no, no. I'm uh,
1: just I, I get make a joke. <laughs> I see. You know, I montezuma's revenge kind of thing this
0: is it's it's a band van thing
1: (laughs) you guys wouldn't understand (laughs) oh um anyway ied intermittent explosive disorder also known as rage disorder
0: okay that sounds
1: scary right and also speaking of zombies in the in the movie 28 days later and 28 weeks later the virus that infects people and causes them to want to beat up and munch on other people. It's called the rage virus.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Okay. So that's just another little connection there, but let, let me explain to you what intermittent explosive disorder please, is. Please do in the non-gastric area. <laughs> it, it is, uh, often involves repeated sudden episodes of impulsive, aggressive, violent behavior, or angry verbal outbursts in which you react grossly out of proportion to the situation. Road rage, domestic abuse, throwing or breaking objects, or other temper tantrums may be signs of intermittent explosive disorder. These outbursts cause people significant distress, negatively impact their relationships, work, school, and they can have legal and financial consequences. It's a chronic disorder that can continue for years, although the severity of outbursts may decrease with age. Treatment involves medications and psychotherapy to help people control their aggressive impulses. That's from the... um. Mayo Clinic definition of the rage disorder. So if you know people that get out of hand and go, I mean, I used to just call them hothead, right? Right. Or a surly sal. Right, that person lost their, you know, lost their food. But, um, <laughs> so, and then you just think, okay, that guy, that guy just can't control his anger. There might be some kind of a parasite. Or a cause. Yeah, just like it, it causes that strange behavior in mice. Running towards the cat and acting crazy. You know, most people have, I mean, a lot of people have Toxoplasmosis Gandhi because everybody has a cat. I'm looking at cats walking around my condo right now. That's right. I probably have. Say say hello. (laughs)
2: Hey,
1: he did. He did. As soon as you came on, everybody's like, hello. And then he just, (laughs) meow. Okay. So so here's, let let me get some quotes in here. For this most recent study, several other researchers examined the rates of toxoplasma infection in 358 subjects. They found healthy people had an infection rate of 9%, while people with IED had an infection rate of 22%. What's more, people infected with the parasite, whether they had IED or not, had higher levels of anger and aggression, but not depression or anxiety. This indicates that the parasite may be a major factor in causing the rage disorder. Wow. That's really interesting. Yeah. So the next step in the research is they're studying the Om- Amish population in Maryland. Okay. Because they have a huge, a hugely high infection rate of toxoplasma. Oh,
0: wow. Okay. So
1: they want to study the genetic lines to see if genes are a factor in these mental health disorders and also the households to see if there's different risk factors that might increase the infection rates.
0: Well... It sounds to me like that's just yet another reason to not have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. But actually, it makes me think that there's, there's got to be a way to, for people to prove that they either have it or don't. Because otherwise, somebody might just be a jerk or a hothead. Right. And then they're like, oh, no, 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 it's the parasite. <laughs> well, he says, the,
1: right, he says in the article, he's like, you know, people call me from le- you know, for legal reasons all the time and they want to see if they can use it in court.
0: Oh my goodness! And he
1: says, "No, no, no! These people are completely responsible for their actions. Like it's not something that makes you do this. It's just a. Uh, okay. it, it just might be a factor. And also, yeah. there's no, you know, causation does. I mean, co- correlation does not equal causation. That's the the mantra of the show. And, <laughs> uh, and so there's no proof yet that yeah. there's any cause there. But what, what? And speaking of, my cat just jumped on the table like he knows we're talking about it. He does. And people try to use it in court. And he says that you only want to use it for sentencing. Don't try to use it as some kind of defense.
0: Proof or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
1: So try to, you know, you can try to use it to, to try to get treatment for it once you're actually in the pen or something like that.
0: You, but you've already done something bad. Like, it's your own fault. It's right. It's not
1: the parasite's fault. No, you can't, you can't blame it on the parasite when you decide <laughs> to punch somebody at a bar just, you know, because they stepped on your shoe. That's my favorite shoe. Interesting. Uh, anyway. <laughs> So, um, so that's just our zombie
0: apocalypse update of the week. Well, there was another thing I thought you might have mentioned, which was that um, I was back visiting our friends, the Dettersons.
2: Oh yeah, last
0: night. So this is also zombie related, but just on a personal note, that the character that I play in that sitcom has returned for the next episode. So went down to Rockford. Uh, the Dettersons is an internet sitcom about zombies living after the uh, apocalypse. And it's on YouTube, and our song "I Was a Teenage Zombie" is the theme song for the show. So,
1: and we actually wrote "I Was a Teenage Zombie" for the Zombie Apocalypse episode.
0: That's right. So it all ties together. Yeah. But the character that I portray is Josie, and she also happens to be a female drummer. Although, <laughs> right, her, her personality is a little different than mine. But I'll be uh, a dead one with a taste for brains. That's right. But you'll you'll be able to catch that episode, I think, in a couple weeks here. So.
1: We'll put a link to it, it from the, see you on the other side, Twitter and Facebook and things like that. You'll be able to check that out. Cool. Okay. So the meat of the program today, speaking of brains, is April Fool's Day. Uh, Coming up in just a few days, April 1st every year, April Fool's Day. Here's a little tip. Don't believe anything you read on the internet. On put a April little Fool's reminder Day. in your
0: phone right now <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> on your calendar cuz man it seems like every year i i fall for something
1: yeah yeah don't uh like don't talk to your girlfriend before noon or you know like just hey <laughs> right. okay, she sits there she's like oh my god the stick is pink and then you got to leave town yeah. there's always a bunch of those pregnancy right jokes on and- facebook or something like that it's like oh i'm expecting or sarah silverman did once one year that she's like oh i'm expecting and then she was showing her belly and then she's like it's a burrito baby. Or that was the end of the oh, thing. Oh, man. I was like, oh, Sarah Silverman's showing her baby bump on you know, Facebook or whatever. That's, wow. That's gauche. But <laughs> it ended up being a uh, April Fool's Day Joke. prank. Anyway, I love April Fool's Day. I, I'm not the best prankster in the world. That's not my particular forte. No. Oh. I'd like to be better at pranks. Well, as your bandmate, I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, But mainly, I'm just better at lying. <laughs> then i am at pranks
0: well that's kind of what april fools is yeah. in a way i mean yeah just lie about you You make up a lie or a story that's untrue and then you try to tell it as if it is true and then and, and i go Haha. i've never quite
1: understood why you're a fool if you believe your friend like are you a <laughs> right? fool then for having that person as a friend for trusting them <laughs> yeah like when somebody <laughs> just tells you something terrible, like, you know, like they just start like, oh my God, is that real? And they're like, no, nope, fooled you. <laughs> and right, you're, right. you're a jerk, man. Yep. Yep. Like we've met people who just will, um, oh, I remember at least one venue we played where somebody's prank or whatever was just lying about
0: their name. I remember that totally. It was in Lafayette, Indiana. Yeah.
1: He's like, Hey, that guy's, you
0: know, that guy's real name is George, but he tells everybody to call him Rick. And that's like, And this his is friend. like after we had been calling him that all night. I think, I think he just told us that was his name. Like I it, think was it was like a dude from a another joke on us. And it was like a dude from another band. I don't know. Yeah. It was yeah, I'm, really okay.
1: strange. And yeah. it wasn't funny. <laughs> no, it wasn't like something clever. Like, Oh, you really got me good this time. It was like, you, you just lied about your name. <laughs> If I if I'd gone and be like you know, hi, my name is Pablo, and everybody starts calling me Pablo, I'd be like okay, and I'm just I'm the whitest guy in the world, but I've met really white guys who are named Pablo, you know even right, the, sure. the guy that plays Porn Stash in Orange Is the New Black, his real name <laughs> is Pablo, and he doesn't look Hispanic, right? Right. So you don't have to be a certain you know you can just or you like oh that's an interesting thing and you try to understand somebody or try to be like okay that's right, cool. you're 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 meeting someone for the first time. The default is to believe what they're saying.
2: Yeah. Anyway,
1: so well, April, April Fool's, you're you're an idiot for being friends with me.
0: Well, the other thing it makes me think about is how frequently in our language we use or start things with, to be honest with you, and then a statement. Or to tell you the truth, and then a statement. It's like, why do you have to disclaim that that's the truth? Are you not normally telling me the truth? Right. Who are you <laughs> lying to? This is not Match.com. <laughs> There's no reason to lie to me. <laughs> nice. It just it's funny because it's almost like a habit we say it all the time and mm-hmm. and when you think about what you're actually saying to tell you the truth because normally I'm not telling you the truth but this time for this one minute I'm going to tell you the truth right just normally I'm straight up lying to you today I'm going to be honest it you know it absolutely
1: does feel like that when you when you say that and you know I always say you know to be, to be perfectly
0: honest Ooh, so <laughs> what were you doing beforehand? Or any other statement? Are you not being perfectly honest?
1: Yeah. Like, you're lying to me in some ways. Well, April Fool's Day is the day where it's okay to lie to people. All right. That's right. So watch out, Madison. Here I come. April 1st. Um, <laughs> he said you heard him say he's good at it. <laughs> right. I'm good at lying. Not good at pranks. Okay. April Fool's Day. The origins. Where did it come from? Why are we, cele- why are we talking yeah, about this it Yeah, this is weird. There's there's several different places where we could have gotten April Fool's Day from. Um, now this is from the Witchology website, and they say uh, it's what seems certain is that in some way or other it's a relic of those once universal festivals held at the vernal equinox, which just happened last week, the spring equinox, where my birthday, your birthday, uh, where the it's equally dark and light in equal measure. I used equal a lot. <laughs> But we are talking about Equinox. (laughs) Yes. No real sugar for me, please. The old New Year's Day was the 25th of March. So that's when people used to celebrate New Year was on the uh, vernal Equinox. Oh, okay. So the party started on the 25th of March and it ended on the 1st of April. And so a lot of people said that that was... That's where the tradition came from because it was a, like a New Year's fooling tradition. Like you'd play pranks on, on the New Year. And they said they did it in ancient Rome. The, the And they also did it in India. They've got a, a, a hooli festival. And the last day of the festival is March 31st. And the chief amusement of the Huli festival is sending people on fruitless errands.
0: Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That's
3: pretty
1: so funny. That's, that's the thing, like when you say, like, go get me some chips or something like that, and they come, I'm not really hungry, I guess, is how they do the Huli Festival. I got you good. Right. So that's one of the traditions of where it came from. Um, the Odd Random Thoughts blog says, well, how does that relate to April Fool's Day? Since the beginning of the new year was March 25th, that day often fell on a holy week, April, uh, you know, it's Easter time, we were just talking about Lent. So they, they postpone the celebration sometimes until the end of Holy Week after Easter, because remember, Easter's during Lent, and so uh, no parties during Lent because you're uh-huh. not even supposed to eat meat and all that kind of right. thing. Right, to be good. And so you wait until after Easter Sunday, and a lot of times the celebrations then were postponed until April 1st. Now, um, French King Charles the IX in 1582... Changed the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar. And that changed the beginning of the year to January 1st. Okay. So one of the theories is that those who refused to accept the new calendar were considered, quote unquote, April fools.
3: Oh, and people okay. teased
1: them and like to send them on impossible missions. Hence the <sighs> name a fool's errand. And so... Uh. One of the jokes was that French peasants would show up at their at their families' houses for the New Year's celebrations, when it wasn't January first. And the idea was to scare them, like, "Oh my God, we're not ready; things aren't happening." So I guess it was it was that kind of hospitality scare, like when a friend calls you unannounced and is like, "Hey, can I stay at your house tonight?" So that was that was an April Fool. So that that's that's one of the ideas. It's unlikely they say that that one is correct because. French and Dutch have references to April Fool's Day even earlier than the 16th century. Okay. So it sounds like this thing has been going on for time immemorial. Now, there's a uh, there's a hoax. There's an April Fool's Day joke, actually, that was picked up a while ago and has been propagating on the internet. Okay. That April Fool's started out uh, a professor of history at Boston University named Joseph Boskin said that uh, the practice began during the reign of Constantine when a group of court jesters and fools told the Roman emperor that they could do a better job of running the empire. Constantine allowed a jester named Kugel to be king for one day, and Kugel passed an edict calling for absurdity on the day, and the custom became an annual event. Okay. so in a way explained Professor Boskin it was a very serious day in those times fools really were wise men it was the role of jesters to put things in perspective with humor wow. now Professor Boskin says that to the Associated Press in 1983 and it gets printed by like hundreds of newspapers uh-huh. across the United States as the official his- history of uh, April Fools
0: Oh, wait for it <laughs> And then a couple of weeks
1: later, he's like, hey, I gotcha. <laughs> that's,
3: that's
1: April Fool's. So he like terrible. April
0: Fool's about April Fool's on April Fool's. And thereby made it so no one ever used him as a reference again for anything. <laughs> right. But you can still find it oh, in some places on the Internet that's that that's fine. an
1: official. That's that's pretty. Um, good. That's the official history of April Fool's. Like Some people will use that <laughs> as a reference. And you know, they'll sit there, they'll find one of those original stories like in Google News or something, Yeah, and yeah. they'll use that as a reference for their own article oh, on April gosh. Fool's, not realizing that there was an addendum two weeks later that said, you're an idiot. So anyway, watch out that. So we don't really know where April Fool's came from, but we do know that it's after the spring equinox, so it's probably part of the festivities because people like to party when spring happens. That's true. Like us in Wisconsin. <laughs> like us in Wisconsin. Like we are just complaining about the snow. But we know that by April first the snow will be gone.
0: Yep. And as soon as it is, it's gonna be get outside. Right. Celebrate, enjoy.
1: Yep. And uh and so that's a reason they celebrate. And it's also a reason to make you run fruitless errands. <laughs> right. Okay. You know, I didn't realize there were superstitions in April Fool's Day. Mm. I didn't either. Yeah, but like any good holiday, there are superstitions on April Fool's Day. Number 1, pranks are to be performed before noon. Oh no, seriously? Yeah. So, oh. April Fool's Day prank. So don't try like at like midnight or something like or like 11:59 because it's gonna it's supposed to bring you bad luck.
0: Oh, so if you if you try to prank somebody after noon,
1: then you're the fool.
0: If you're an afternoon pranker.
1: Yeah, if you're an afternoon prankster. Got it. So just remember that. So when you're thinking of the stuff to do to people this Friday,
0: try to get it in in the morning. But another thing that's good about that is you can avoid legitimate pranks by sleeping past noon. Yeah. That's a good idea. Because anybody, even if somebody gets you with a prank, like they're going to have bad luck, so the joke's going to be on them. That's true. So to, so protect, your your, afternoon. So to protect yourself on <laughs> April Fool's Day, I want
1: you to go out Thursday night, get really drunk, <laughs>
0: no.
1: sleep in, call in sick to work, or even don't call in at all. Oh, man. And then what you can do is, when you come into work or whatever afternoon, and they're like, you're fired... You just tell them you're like, I don't appreciate that April Fools' joke, and you know what? And- the, ba- the bad luck's gonna be on you because it's afternoon, <laughs> sucker. So what we just gave you is a recipe for greatness. There you go. So just, uh, just that's just a little plan you guys can do this April Fools'.
0: See, we're we're trying to be helpful here.
1: Yeah, th- this is news you can use, and see you on the other side podcast. <laughs> Okay, so now also anyone who fails to respond with a sense of humor, if you don't have a good humor about a trick being played on them, like let's say you get uh, intermittent explosive disorder <laughs> right after somebody pulls a prank on you, then your chances are you're going to have bad luck too. But I also think the people who don't like tricks or like can't take a joke or whatever, I would be surprised if they didn't have bad luck very often. Mm. Because chances are you're the kind of person that nobody likes to hang around anyway, if you can't take a joke. <laughs> so lighten up with the rage. Don't punch a guy or a girl just because they pull a prank on you. Definitely. And you know, because IED doesn't work in court.
0: And also, another thing that you can do now is you can laugh about it and you can put a little reminder in your phone for next year so that you can get the person back.
1: Right. Or even a little reminder the next day. <laughs> It's like, okay, like put the reminder in your phone, like remind me to stab this person tomorrow. That's what I originally thought you were going to
0: say. No, 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 no. You (laughs) you can try to get the person back next year or you can kill them later. It's just, we have these tools at our disposal, you know, smartphones, Mm -hmm. calendars. And before in the olden days, if you will, when you had just the paper calendar on the wall, well, it's April 1st. So you don't see it until you're actually on the day. Right. Right. Don't flip the calendar until the first day of the month so it's already too late somebody got you but you can put a little reminder in your phone now and to then get them back next year That's yes, a, that is a good to tip either to get them back next year or just put in a, a recurring reminder to not get fooled yeah it, right a reminder in the morning so as soon as you wake up <laughs> it'll be like
1: remember it's april fool's day
0: yep hey don't jerk. believe anything you hear it's
1: april fool's day <laughs> do not believe things hmm So put that, or if you look, okay, so this week, here's a tip. If you look at your phone for the first time in the day, and there's a one, like a big one calendar, like in every computer you're going to look at for this, yeah. you know, that day, just be like, you know what? I'm going to look at things with skepticism today, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to share it on Facebook. Here, hear. Hear, here. Okay. So that's a couple of the superstitions. Oh, it's oh. also said that one fooled by a pretty girl will later marry or at least become friends with her.
0: Oh, that's kind of weird. Why? That's
1: i don't know well i mean think about it if the girl likes you enough to pull a prank on you Mm, chances are she wants to spend more time with you i think so i would say that that superstition probably came from like people getting attention
0: yeah or the fact that maybe maybe pretty girls don't prank people very often so
1: right so when they do (laughs) it's like whoa! what's this about hey what's happening here hey now so I'd say that's not bad luck to get pranked by a pretty girl, unless it's horribly embarrassing. Like it's something like, <laughs> oh gosh, you know what I mean? Like if it's like, if you ever seen Mean Girls, it's like, like if it's sitting on a
0: whoopee cushion or something, right? <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> even something small like that might be funny. But if it's horribly embarrassing, like your pants pulled down in the middle of gym class or something Ooh, in front incredible. of everybody, and then she's the first one saying, hey, everybody, look, look. And then you're just sitting there uh, and everyone's laughing at you. Yeah, I'd say that that's not a good that's not a good sign. But if it's something cute, then then I think you're okay. Then I I think it's okay to become friends with that person. So speaking of love, it is believed that marriage on April Fool's Day is inadvisable for a man because he will be permanently ruled by his wife. (laughs) (laughs) So it just seems like uh, April Fool's Day is a bad day to get married for a guy because it will be an imbalanced relationship. With your wife taking the lead.
0: What's up with that, though? I don't get that. Why is it bad luck for the man? Not the opposite way.
1: Well, I I just... This is probably one of the superstitions that came from... Yeah, like an old... No, I understand. It's just... I think all of these are superstitions that came from an older time. (laughs) You think? Yeah. It's like, oh, you got fooled by a pretty girl. You're going to marry her. Great. That probably comes from, like, that's the only other girl in the village. So she pranks you on April Fool's Day. Of course you're going to marry her because you have to raid another town to even find another girl. So, yeah. So, anyway, so, guys, just a tip. Be careful getting uh, be careful getting married on April Fool's Day. Um, children born on this day will experience good luck in most matters. Yay. Except for gambling. Boo. Yeah, that's right. So, don't think, oh, I'm going to have kids on April 1st, and this kid's going to have a charmed life, and then take him that's right to the really, casino.
0: That's weird. Oh, yeah. he's so lucky. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then... Yeah, go to the blackjack table. That's it, right. So, like, don't tell that kid, like, oh, you were born April Fool's, that you're lucky, and then all of a sudden
0: they lose the house. Like, that could be your fault. Well, at least it's good luck in most matters except gambling, not, like, except health or love or something like that. Right. <laughs> like, you know, gambling, eh, that's fine, whatever, can live without it. Yeah, gambling's a
1: tough one. You never want to say, like, this This child is going to be very lucky in gambling, because I think you're probably introducing that child to a lifetime <laughs> of hurt. Right. Hey, how, how would you like a crappy life with a side of broken relationships? Oh. You're going to be a great gambler, son. Okay. Yeah.
0: Interesting. Very so interesting.
1: the origins, superstitions, April Fool's Day. Now we should talk about pranks. What are some of the best April Fool's Day pranks Ooh. of all time? Wendy, What personally, what is the best April Fool's Day prank that was ever done on you?
0: Oh, man. Well, one time. So this is, I mean, like I was a little kid. Right. So let's just like I don't even know how little but little you little enough 16,
1: to believe sixteen.
0: Little enough to believe everything my dad said to me. Okay. So um he was on a business trip somewhere and he called and he said, You're never gonna believe it. I was driving and he started telling the story about uh-huh. driving down, you know, the highway and it started raining and then all of a sudden he started hearing big thumping sounds and he told me that it was raining pumpkins. And I just remember talking to him and just being like oh, and like, cause he had painted a real nice picture, a very detailed picture. And yeah. as, a, as a child and you're like visualizing this and you're like, oh my gosh, how is that? That's crazy. It was really raining pumpkins. That's so amazing. And then, and then he said April Fool's and, and I was like, "What?" ah, oh. and that's where it all started. Okay. So ever since then. I've been a little more cautious on April Fool's Day.
1: <laughs> well, he wasn't driving through. Uh, he wasn't driving through Springfield, Massachusetts, was he? Nice. No. Because uh, West Springfield High School has a competition called the Pumpkin Chunkin' <laughs> in October, and so they launch pumpkins from catapults, slingshots,
0: centripetal machines, and tre- <laughs> oh. trebuchets. Yeah, so like thirty-five years later, I find out that this—it was, was true. It was so, all dad,
2: true. I thought it was a prank,
0: Dad. No, you scarred I, me. No, no, I don't think he was driving through there, but that's kind of—that's kind of crazy that
1: something like that actually. Happens. That people do chunk pumpkins, but
0: that's a um, <laughs> chunk pumpkin, <laughs> pumpkin chunkin. And so,
1: yeah. So, and anyway, about that, you—that's a pretty what, good one. That's a so pretty that was—I
0: mean, that was as, as a child. I've had other creative things happen at the workplace and stuff like that as an adult, which were pretty funny, but, but that's the one that actually got you. Yeah. Like you were gotten me, got me good. You're like, Oh my
1: God, I can't believe it's raining pumpkins. Yeah. And then years later, you're like, I was a fool. (laughs) Um, so how about you?
0: What was the best, best prank anybody got you with on April fool's day?
1: Well, I was a child as well. (laughs) Okay. And I woke up, it was a Sunday morning and there were, uh, Oreo cookies out.
0: Mm, I just ate some of those,
1: and I was like, "Wow!" And we're not the, we weren't, we, we were a cookie family. Like the sweets were eaten regularly, but nobody ever left out cookies or anything like that. Like there wasn't then just okay. cookies just hanging out on a on a plate. Like whatever, Christmas like the, Eve the waiting your Santa. Yeah, but I'm like, well, look trap. at this. Well, I'm not. I mean, I'm six years old, <laughs> right. so I'm like, I see Oreos, and <laughs> I'm the first one up. You know, probably to watch whatever cartoon or Sunday mornings was, reading like the monsters or something. I got excited, about. <laughs> and so I'm like, "Oh, awesome cookies!" So I I start eating them. I'm like, "Man, these taste funny." <laughs> okay. Like, like, weird. These taste huh? I can't I can't quite. But I had six of them.
3: Oh my gosh! You just like, kept they just eating ta- them You know they, they tasted, tasted funny. Yeah,
1: I'm like whatever. I'm like they're oh, still cookies. Mike. And so I had six of them. My sister wakes up a little while later. She walks into the kitchen. She has a cookie. She's like,
2: "Oh, God! what
1: is this? Why does he dump some off and then leaves, but it doesn't say anything to me about it. She just is like, oh, gross!" and okay. walks away and then my mother makes wakes up. she's like, "Oh, did you did you like the cookies I left out?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Well, it was nice to see you leave out cookies, ma, but um you know i I don't know if these are." They say Oreo on them, but I don't think these are Oreos. Like, I think there was a mistake at the factory. <laughs> and she's like, that's because it's not Oreo filling. It's Pepsodent. Oh.
0: So the, the cream filling? Was Pepsodent. Oh, man. Nice one. Yeah. Wow. So she
1: got, The best part was I ate six of them. Like, that like, is I,
0: hilarious, Mike.
1: Like, I wouldn't stop. Um, yeah. And oh, I was just like, yeah, funny. I just... You know, but you know when you're young and some things just taste weird sometimes or or just some, you try a different food and you're like, eh. You know, I remember that I didn't have, <laughs> I didn't have orange juice after uh, um, chocolate until I was maybe 11 years old. Yeah.
0: Well, that's gross.
1: And right. But I, I didn't don't. know that. Huh? I didn't, I didn't realize that. So I'm at some Cub Scout thing and somebody's, we, we're eating all these chocolate chip cookies and then the, the den mother or whatever is like, oh, oh who wants... Who wants something to drink? And I'm like, oh, I'm orange juice. Just thinking I love orange juice. I love chocolate chip <laughs> yeah. cookies. Why not? And then I'm like, are you, are you sure this is orange juice? <laughs> Something's not right. Because I just want, I mean, like, I don't want them to buy the wrong thing. I'm like, I think you bought the wrong thing because this is grapefruit juice. This is not orange juice. <laughs> wow. Uh, anyway, so that was probably the best. Like, that's the one, one time I'm like, boy, you got me. You got me good. Got me good. So uh, my mother got me real good April <laughs> Fool's Day in like 1983 oh, or that's something like funny. that.
0: Funny. Was she pleased with her uh, with the outcome of her prank? Oh yes, oh that's yes. Great. She was. She was delighted. <laughs> oh, that's awesome.
1: So there's been some other good April Fool's Day pranks over time. Like this is this is one of my favorites. March 31st, 1989. Thousands of motorists driving on the highway outside London look up in the air to see a glowing flying saucer descending on their city. Wow. Many of them pull to the roadside to watch the bizarre craft float through the air. Finally lands in a field on the outskirts of London where local residents immediately call the police to warn them of an alien invasion. Soon the police arrive on the scene and one brave officer approaches the craft and when the door in the craft pops open, a small silver-suited figure emerged. Cool. The policeman runs away it wasn't Ziggy Stardust, was it? No, it was Richard Branson. Oh, <laughs> sweet! So <right. laughs> now that's going for it, man. Yeah, and he was he was doing a stunt for Virgin Records, and he also loves balloons. Like Richard, you always see Richard Branson in a hot oh, yeah. air balloon, ever talking
0: like, "I'm the richest man in the right. world." I'd be for, I'd be worried that somebody would just pull out a gun and shoot you or something. Like,
3: oh, yeah. it's an alien. Get him!
0: You he know, was planning. I
1: mean, he, he was planning to land it in Hyde Park. On April 1st, oh, okay. but the wind blew him off course and he's forced <laughs> to land a day early in the wrong location. So.
0: So it wasn't even on April Fool's Day?
1: It was March 31st.
0: Oh man, prank gone wrong. Yeah. That's so the prank sad. goes a little
1: bit wrong, but it still scares the crap out of a whole bunch of people in I London. I bet. Okay. And it's it, pretty funny. And it's funny. They, they pretty much reference it in a Doctor Who first season. The the first the, the reboot of Doctor Who has an episode called The Aliens of London. Okay. Where they have a, a a spaceship crash land and it's like a silver suited like pig style alien so <laughs> I, and that's all a hoax uh, okay. too. So they kind of reference that uh, March thirty first nineteen eighty nine stunt in um, the episode of Aliens of London from Doctor Who uh, in the first cool. season. I would recommend that episode only for completists. If you have not seen Doctor Who, it sucks.
2: <laughs> so don't bother. Oh. Oh.
1: And okay. I, and it hurts me to say that about Doctor Who, but it's kind of, that's an embarrassing one. So I thought that was a good prank. And we can keep up the alien pranks here because they've been done all throughout time. Now, let's go back to 1950. And we've often talked about uh, Flying Saucers, Aliens, 1950, Roswell. Wow. Yes, <laughs> and so the Wiesbaden Tagblatt, which is a what German that? newspaper, the Wiesbaden oh. Tagblatt. Oh, yeah, that, okay. Yeah, you know it. You have a subscription. I've seen your subscription <laughs> to it. When, like, I've been over to Wendy's house, and I'm like, hey, you got the new wiesbaden Tagblatt?" And she's nah. like, yeah, I ahav, it's so good. <laughs> um, is that? I don't know. That's your German accent. That's how it sounds. Okay.
0: Good um, to know.
1: Good to know. So April Fool's Day, 1950, they publish a photo called Martian in the USA, showing American soldiers accompanying a one-legged creature with a large head and a very small body. <laughs> Right. So everybody's thinking that sounds, Roswell. Yeah.
0: yeah, it sounds familiar.
1: So it, it actually goes into the UFO research community because later on the photo shows up and they, people just find the photo. They just see the clipping.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: People even send a clipping to the FBI not saying that it was a like a hoax. And then the FBI files it away. And then has to release it to a UFO researcher in 1979 after the researcher files the, the Freedom of Information Act request. Oh man. And then it gets put in a book a year later called the Roswell Incident. Okay. In 1980, which is, and the Roswell Incident is one of the first books that kind of reignited that interest in Roswell after the 1940s. So, um, it wasn't really a Martian. Remember after the Second World War, we had, army bases all over germany Mm -hmm. um obviously to make sure that world war three didn't happen and american soldiers posted there and they thought it would be a fun thing to do on april fool's day is the americans thought they'd at the wiesbaden u.s army base they posed with the photographer's five-year-old son and so they originally posed with the son and and then he like the photographer put like the special effect of like the mask and the alien over his son's body (laughs) in the picture. (laughs) So it's like the first example of like a Photoshop, like a face swap only. (laughs) Yeah. Only with an alien. And, and the funny thing is, is it just gets collected over time. And it was just in this newspaper, in this German newspaper in 1950. And the Americans thought it'd be a funny, you know, they they Mm -hmm. thought it'd be funny. And then it gets reprinted in the Roswell book 30 years later. Oh my gosh. So that's the kind of April fool's day prank. And that's serious stuff, man. Yeah. And that's a, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, uh, Well, but we can even go back. Let's go, let's go all the way back. Oh man, here we go, baby. 1848, March 31st, April Fool's Eve. 14 year old Maggie Fox and her 11 year old sister Kate report a recurring mysterious phenomenon in their bedroom. And this is, this is taken from, uh, the greatest paranormal hoaxes on, okay. uh, howstuffworks.com. Okay. So every night as the two went to sleep in their clapboard farmhouse, they would hear a strange knocking sound coming from the walls even stranger the knocking seemed to respond to their questions if you were an injured spirit manifested by three raps says the girl's mother <coughs> and they said the veil dividing the spirit world and the living had been breached now this is this is in the in the heyday of right before the heyday of spiritualism because remember spiritualism gets really crazy after the civil war and then after the first world war but the idea of spiritualism and mediums talking to the dead and holding seances is a big thing in the mid 19th century. That's right. So, I mean, these girls became famous. And when does it start? The night of March 31st, oh, 1848 is man. when they started. And so, like, they got, they got famous. They got rich. They had a whole, like, seances started out as simple knocking and rapping and, like, rapping on a door, not like, my name is MC Hammer, and I'm here to say I like that people in a
0: major way. Yeah. So, okay. um, right. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you bet. Just so you knew what kind of rap. Thanks for we were clarifying that. About. one. I totally thought it was MC Hammer, but <laughs> right now I know.
1: And so they'd have. I mean, they started off in the small town of Massachusetts, and eventually became like a big draw in New York City, and crowds, and secret messages magically would appear on cards, and this went on for decades. <laughs> so, but it's got kind of a sad ending. Despite despite their fame, or more likely because of it, the sisters suffered from troubled relationships, psychological breakdowns, and alcoholism. In her 50s, one of the Fox sisters, Maggie, delivered a public confession of their long-drawn hoax, which started as a harmless childhood prank. At bedtime, they would tie an apple on a string and move it up and down, causing the apple to bump on the floor. The sisters later developed the ability to manipulate their knuckles and toes to produce a popping sound. Ew. Hey, it made him rich. I know, but that's and also led to psychological breakdowns and alcoholism. I
0: mean, it's... It is clever. It's a clever prank.
1: Yeah, and it finally answers the question we've all been wondering. What does the fox say? <laughs> okay. Everybody... Thank you. Thank you. We'll be here all week. Oh, Othersidepodcast.com. com. New music at SunspotUniverse.com. <laughs> Try the chicken salad. <laughs> okay, here's a uh a... A more modern April Fools' Day thing. We we were at 1848. Let's jump to 2014. Okay, okay.
0: Here we go. So
1: um, NPR posts an article to Facebook that says, "Why doesn't America read anymore?" You know, shows a picture of a library. The question they ask is like, "What has become of our brains?" So there's hundreds of responses on Facebook. You know it's NPR. Millions of people like NPR, especially their so they see that, and then like people start arguing with each other, start talking about it. They're like, "I think people tend to read more with the rise of the internet. We have evolved past the paperback." And then of course it's NPR. This other person's like, "I read two to three books per week. My teen kids (laughs) read. Their friends read." Yeah. And and you know so it's the same crap people just you know like oh I'm a reader and another person's like I'm you know like it's because Americans are stupid and it's just this, the usual yeah Facebook crap back and forth. Okay, if they would have clicked through to the article to actually read it, mm-hmm. it says congratulations, genuine readers, and happy April Fools' Day. Awesome. We sometimes get the sense that some people are commenting on NPR stories that they haven't actually read. If you are reading this, please like this post and do not comment on it. Then let's see what people have to say about this "quote unquote" story. Funny, right? Best wishes and have an enjoyable day. Your friends at NPR. Oh, they're P.S. so clever. P.S. Send us money. They are so clever. That's a that's a very
0: interesting experiment.
1: <laughs> yeah. And well, and and it's a good experiment. I mean, one of our one of the songs off the new release, "American Monsters," uses well, "monsters" as a metaphor for the internet outrage machine. Yeah. And um that's just I thought that was a good example from NPR of them kind of showing that half the time you see p- people commenting on some kind of article or whatever, they haven't even looked at it. They just read the headline, thought that was enough.
0: Yeah, and that, that happens all the time too with untrue stories that people share on Facebook and then you go to Snopes or whatever and it's totally not true.
2: Yes. But oh they, I mean, just, the, you know,
0: they just read the headline and they're like, No, I must I must show my rage. <laughs> right.
1: And I've been seeing more and more fake stories lately. Mm-hmm. So the the latest one I saw was, so Brian Johnson, the lead singer of ACDC, who had replaced Bon Scott originally. We talk about the ghost of Bon Scott in our interview with Susan Massino. Oh, yeah, that's right. But Brian Johnson, um, he replaced Bon Scott for the album Back in Black, starting the album Back in Black. and. He had to quit the latest ACDC tour because his doctor said that if he does not, he will completely lose his hearing. His oh. hearing loss is at such an extreme. And I've heard their concerts are Buck Wild Loud. You know, oh, I'm and sure. it's, it's ACDC. Oh yeah! You know it's gonna be Buck Wild Loud. And just, plus the, I mean, plus the way the guy sings is like, oh yeah! You know he sings at such a high, he's got to sing at such a high volume with the high yeah. voice and just the screeching and all that. I mean he sounds like he's being tortured. That's part of the fun, but his ears really were being tortured. That's really and, sad. Yeah, and so Bon Scott had to leave ACDC. Aww. So what's the latest rumor? No. Axel Axel Rose is going to be replacing <laughs> Bon Scott on tour. <laughs> and that that Malcolm Young, who is ACDC's rhythm guitarist the brother of angus young the, the main driving force behind acdc that his son was the one that said that oh axl rose is ready and agreed to it and so that's one of the things and then all of a sudden people start sharing it and they're like oh my god axl rose and acdc for real right. that's awesome and they get all excited about it or the like, opposite of that oh
0: my god i can't believe it
1: right and axl rose who they just announced the guns N' roses reunion right hell freezes over right um, that guns that Axl Rose and Slash have buried their differences. So that's the, that's the latest rumor. And also, I've been seeing this, uh, these other ones lately. And if, if I spend too much time on social media, uh, it, it, I really do spend too much time on social media. I also, I do too. and on social media today, I just read an article that said that people who frequently use social media are tend to like three times more depressed than people who don't. Oh, I believe that. Yeah. I complete that. That they are telling the truth. Because I get depressed about the fact that I sit on the internet instead of actually living a life. Right. And, and just
0: reading all the like angry and sad and <laughs> negative comments. There's positive there's positive ones too. No, there's now that Facebook has a love button,
1: my life has changed. Because I love things now <laughs> instead of just liking them. Because I don't want to do things half, I don't want to do things half ass. I want to love it. The love, man. Yeah. I, wanna, I don't want to just want to like something. I want to love it. And also, it's more fun to love something than it is to like something. Totally. And, so the other the other kind of article that I've been seeing lately is some celebrity is going to live in this town. Like, oh, like this, like Will Ferrell is going to move to Lafayette, Indiana oh, or something like that. Okay. Or um, right. like so gonna some celebrities. It. Yeah. going to move to that town. It's a fake news site. Then we'll have the article and oh. they have it about all these different sites over the Internet. Like all these different um all these different cities, like smaller cities where, of course, if like people you know, are gonna get excited about it someone famous is going to move to a a particular town or i think i saw one about merrill wisconsin which is a town we play in which is a a a small town in northern wisconsin yeah and it had something like the walking dead to film an episode in merrill wisconsin oh my gosh and and people were like clicking on it and commenting on it and all this kind of stuff it's like i mean first of all there is no there is no film industry in merrill wisconsin so it'd be very difficult to bring everybody over like the atlanta-based film crew but they do that with all like very like a very popular show or a very popular celebrity is coming to this small town, and so everyone from the small well, town will then click on it, and then it doesn't say April Fool or anything. It right. just actually it actually lists just- the article, so then people don't just go back to the article, go back to the link, and be like, "This is BS." And so that, that's a way for the people to click and then, and they then try they to get sell on ad- advertising. Bingo, and so I mean that's turning us all into a fool because you can't believe anything right. that you read on the internet. I mean, not, not that we didn't know that for years. Don't right, believe anything you read on the internet.
0: Still, talk about wasting time. I mean... <laughs> right. Clicking on articles that are not even, like, that are fake. That's just... Right, not even good ones. So the thing is,
1: if you live in a small town, or let's say if we saw that Will Ferrell was moving to Madison, Wisconsin, we'd have to be like, yeah, I don't know if I believe that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, our, the big celebrity that moved to Madison, Wisconsin was the chick from the Go-Go's. Oh, wait,
0: I l- don't... let's not forget about uh, the fans.
1: Well, his daughter. Daughter. His oh, that's right. Daughter went to the <laughs> She w. was going yes, to school here, but
0: he, yeah, okay.
1: And David Lynch's daughter, the uh, David Lynch, the uh, the the great film director, the man behind Twin Peaks, his daughter also did go to school in Madison, and he did own a house in Verona.
0: Okay, there you go.
1: So I mean, I'm not saying it never happens. <laughs> I'm just saying is if somebody said like right. Will Smith, Will Smith buys right. an apartment on State Street, don't believe it. <laughs> All right. All right. Here we we go. got a couple more good April Fool's Day pranks. And man, there's so much to do with the paranormal and April Fool's Day and April Fool's Day hoaxes. And the fact that other newspapers reprint this stuff. <laughs> All right. So this is from hoaxes.org. Oh, boy. April Fool's Day, 1972. On the morning of Friday, March 31st, 1972, an eight-member team of scientists from Yorkshire's Flamingo Park Zoo were having breakfast in the dining room of the Foyers House Hotel on the shore of Loch Ness. They were there in a joint mission with the Loch Ness Phenomena Bureau to prove the existence of a monster in the loch. They had developed a new form of hormone sex bait that they hoped would lure Nessie out of the depths. Okay. Now, this is just me commenting the story here. That's where things become unbelievable because to get the idea... That like, first of all, how these guys develop it. And second of all, would you want to all like excited, like sexually excited <laughs> Brontus, like plesiosaur coming at you? That would be terrifying. Oh, let me at that. You're like, you're like, oh God. <laughs> so we're going
2: to prove the Loch
0: Ness oh, Monster my.
1: through hormones and sex. so that would, I just would be scared by that. That's, okay. That's fair. That's fair. So the manager of the hotel approaches them. She says someone just called to report seeing a large hump floating in the Loch near the hotel. Intrigued, the team puts down their knives and forks, walks outside. Sure enough, a large dark object was bobbing up and down the waves about 300 yards offshore. 20 minutes later, around 9 a.m., they return, dragging behind them a bizarre object, and it appears to be the dead body of the Loch Ness monster.
0: No, Nessie. they right. killed Nessie!
1: <laughs> right, so Nessie. Well, they, it it got so turned on it had a heart attack. Oh God! It's like, woo! Stop. I haven't felt I haven't felt this way in forty thousand years. <laughs> uh.
3: oh. and,
1: okay, so reporters start rushing in to get details. Television news anchors solemnly report to their audiences that the Loch Ness <laughs> monster has been finally found, but it's dead. Robert McKenzie, 23-year-old local musician, says, I touched it. I put my hand in its mouth. It's real, all right. I thought oh. it looked like half bear and half seal, green in color, with a horrific head like a bear with
0: flat ears. I was shocked. Wow. And, you know, leave it to the local musician to, to give you the report right. there. Right. Because, well, who
1: else at 9 o'clock in the morning is probably baked enough to talk about the Loch Ness Monster? was like, yeah, I touched it, man. Dude, it was- I totally saw it. It's half bear and half seal. (laughs) Um, Other witnesses tell reporters the creature was between 12 and 18 feet in length and must have weighed up to a ton and a half. Green body without scales and was like a cross between the walrus and a seal. The director of the Flamingo Park Zoo comes out and says, I've always been skeptical about the Loch Ness Monster, but this is definitely a monster, no doubt about that. From the reports I've had, no one has ever seen anything like it before. A fishy, scaly body with a massive head and big, protruding... front page headlines the los angeles times april 1st 1972 you know they start reporting it the british press dubbed the creature son of nessie wow okay and so um they take the body with them the flamingo park zoo team takes the takes the body with them they load it in the truck so now nobody's seeing the body okay and like even the police department has to come check it out because there's a 1933 Act of Parliament that prohibits the removal of an unidentified creature from Loch Ness. Wow, somebody was thinking ahead. Right? So, like, the Parliament had thought of this before, and they're like, hey, you can't just run off with this thing because it's an identified creature from, like, you know, from Loch Ness. All right. Eventually, it gets to Michael Rushton, who is the general curator of the Edinburgh Zoo, and he comes up and looks at it. Looks at it a few times, pokes it, and says, sure, it was a strange creature but it's a bull elephant seal whose natural home was the South Atlantic Ocean thousands of miles away and the body showed signs of being frozen for an extended period of time. His quote, it's a typical member of its species about three to four years old. I have never known them to come near Great Britain. Their natural habitat is the South Atlantic, Falkland Islands, or South Georgia. Not Atlanta, Georgia, but that that other Georgia. Yeah. (laughs) the Russian Georgia. Yes. I don't know how long it's been kept in a deep freeze, but this is obviously done by some human hand. Well, John Shields, the Flamingo Park Zoo's education officer, finally admits to it. He was a, an expedition of an expedition of the Falkland Islands had recently brought the seal back to the UK. It lived at the Dudley Zoo, but it died soon after arrival. And as soon as he learned about it, he realized it was the perfect opportunity to prank <laughs> his colleagues, who he knew they were. So, this is not one of the guys that was involved in the team who was up at Loch Ness uh-huh. looking for the monster. This is another guy right. that works at the zoo,
0: and he knows, knows those guys though.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, he knows them. He knows they're going up on some kind of Loch Ness expedition. That's, and so he, yeah, that's pretty funny. He actually. gets the seal, shaves off its whiskers, pads its cheek with stones, and keeps it frozen for a week. Then he sneaks up there, dumps it in the lock, and then calls in the tip to the hotel. Oh, man. He timed the prank to the news of the discovery of the Loch Ness monster would make headlines on April 1st april fool's day which also happened to be his 23rd birthday
0: i have to respect that guy so it makes
1: it the geneva yeah it makes it in all these newspapers along the world and it's a nine it's nine foot long so it wasn't a small thing it still was nine foot long and 350 pounds but Uh, it wasn't like 18 feet right
0: that's not what you think when i think of Nessie, i think of like dinosaur size right you think of a plesiosaur this also has a nice wisconsin connection ooh
1: so, two weeks later, a 20-year-old Norman Slater, a school teacher from Kenosha, Wisconsin, <laughs> went on a fishing trip to the loch. While floating along, he dipped his hand into the water. He later said that as soon as he did so, he detected, by means of his ESP, the presence of six large creatures in the water, a family of Loch Ness monsters.
3: Uh, Slater
1: said that he saw a particularly vivid image of a creature, 70 to 90 feet in length, so... monster size yeah that's more like it with a large neck and a slim worm-like body its bottom portion was white while its top was dark brown and scaly he said the creatures seemed to just be lying around in the bottom and he could also claim to see images of underground passageways connecting the lock to the sea but he was a victim of bad timing he complained that despite the obvious uh scientific importance of his esp vision because of the recent April first prank, he couldn't find any reporters willing to take him seriously.
0: Mwah, 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 mwah. So that could have actually been Nessie, but Kenosha yes. coming through. Yep. Oh. Man, that was a lot of Nessie talk, but I love Nessie.
1: Yeah, I love Nessie too. And you know, it's funny, first of all, the um the Kenosha connection, he's a school teacher. Can you imagine like your school teacher coming into class and just being like, dude, I saw the Loch Ness Monster in a vision? No, it was
0: there. I know
1: this, it. The 70s were a different time. It just feels like dazed and confused. Yeah. There was also um, one, more, one more story, and this has also got a Wisconsin connection. Wow. A- April 1st, 1933. So let's go back in the wayback machine. Uh, we're going back 83 years from this April Fool's Day. The front page of the Madison Capital Times announces ah. with a large headline that the Wisconsin State Capitol Building is in ruins following a series of mysterious explosions. These explosions were attributed to large quantities of gas, probably like IED, the, inter- <laughs> the intermittent explosive disorder. The, <laughs> explosives, the explosives were attributed to large quantities of gas generated through many weeks of verbose debate in the Senate and Assembly chambers. Uh, that's funny. Accompanying the article was a picture showing the Capitol building collapsing. It probably wouldn't fool many people nowadays, but by all accounts, it fooled quite a few people at the time. Readers were outraged. One reader wrote in declaring the hoax not only tactless and void of humor, but also a hideous jest. Uh, in fact, the Capitol building exploding because of a buildup of hot air was a fairly old joke, even in 1933. So that was listed on the top 100 April Fool's Day hoaxes of all time was Wisconsin State Capitol. That's
0: collapsing. pretty good. It would never fly nowadays, yeah. though. That would, yeah, no. no one would find that funny. No,
1: I guess in the post, post 9-11, we Sadly. don't find buildings ex- no. <laughs> like collapsing or exploding. And there already was a tragedy at the Wisconsin State right. Capitol yep. uh, in the 1880s, where the roof collapsed while they were working on it, and um, several people died, and they talk about that uh, causing a haunting in the Wisconsin State Capitol. And you can hear more about that at Madison Ghostwalk.
0: I learned. I learned it at the actual tour. <laughs>
1: so, anyway, uh, we everybody set a reminder on April 1st for when you wake
0: up to let people know that you're no fool. <laughs> That's right. And if you have a good uh, April Fool's story, something that either happened to you or a prank maybe you pulled on somebody else, feel free to share it with us because those are those are interesting to hear about. Um, you can tweet us at Other Side Talk, or you can email us, show at OthersidePodcast.com or find us on Facebook or any of those ways. Um, and the show notes from today's episode are available at OthersidePodcast.com slash 85. And...
1: This week's song is inspired by our April Fool's discussion, and it's simply called Fool.
2: I've been hurt more times than I can count. I had my head smashed in and my guts pulled out. I've been cheated on, mistreated some, my heart held for ransom. Well, I'm the jerk and that piece of work who just can't figure out that... This big bad world is cruel So bury your soul deep And they never can hurt you I know that it might be uncool But I ain't got time to toe the line on trust issues. I got a body made for work and I got a heart made for abuse. I got a pension for fast living and I'm stretching out my youth. I got a mind to keep on loving. Don't care about the ugly truth. Well, we got all the cynics we need, so I'd rather play the fool. I've been wrong more times than you believe. I've had my faith tested and my kindness deceived. Well, I've been betrayed and led astray, and the victim of foul play, and you might mock this laughing stock, you won't concede naivete, because I know this big bad world is cruel, and if you bury your soul deep, then that never can hurt you, well, I might sound just like a two, but I ain't got time to toe the line on trust shoes. I got a body made for work and I got a heart made for abuse. I got a pension for fast living and I'm stretching out my youth. I got a mind to keep on loving. Don't care about the ugly truth. Well, we got all the cynics we need, so I'd rather play the fool. I know this big bad world is cruel and if you bury yourself so deep, then they never can hurt you. I know I might sound like a tool, but I ain't got time to tell that I on trust these shoes. I got a body made for work, and I got a heart made for abuse. I got a pension for fast living, and I'm stretching out my youth. I got a mind to keep on loving, don't care about the ugly truth. Well, we got all the cynics we need, so I'd rather play the fool. Thank you for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side.
1: Would you want to all like excited, like sexually excited, like plesiosaur coming at you? That would be terrifying.